Martin Luther King. This is Black History Month, and so we celebrate those leaders who fought uh, for social justice, and we celebrate the work that they did because we look back upon it as for what it was, we look at it for what it is today, and we look ahead to where we might be called to speak for the justice that uh, is needed in our land. And we need justice, yes? We need justice. We need the peace of God. I want want to share a quote from Dr. Martin Luther King, and this came the day before he was assassinated. Uh, When he spoke, he offered these words. We've got some difficult days ahead, but it doesn't matter with me now because I've seen the mountaintop. I just want to do God's will. And God has allowed me to go up to the mountain, and I've looked over, and I've seen the promised land. I may not get there with you, but I want you to know tonight that we, as a people, will get to the promised land. Mine eyes have seen the glory of the Lord. It's as if he knew, and he walked straight ahead anyway. I, uh, incredible faith. Um, if you don't know the story of what all people went through that walked with Dr. Martin Luther King, you should read some of it. And there's probably many stories you don't know. Watching video on you know, reliving Selma and the march across the bridge and, and just seeing what people marched straight into for the sake of justice, it's, it's unbelievable. Um, marching for justice and peace for the kingdom of God, knowing we will get there soon enough, right? That kind of faith. Knowing we will get there. Knowing it. Maybe we won't see it now, but we will. And we don't need to arrive there ourselves if we think like Dr. Martin Luther King. Just knowing we're getting there is enough. Um, For he said he was not seeking his own will, but God's. And I believe him. We struggle for such commitment, don't we? I mean, I'm in awe. I, got, I get chills reading many of his quotes because I just think, will I ever get there? You know, will I have a moment where I can say, ah, I have that kind of commitment? Not commitment with my mouth, but commitment by my actions and my life and how I lay it down for others. Um, there may have been an all, a time when all of us have had such a faith or maybe just grasped it for a moment, a glimpse, a mountaintop experience. Anyone had those kind of moments where, you just realized something that you didn't realize before and it changed everything. You're never the same when you have those moments. Um, But how do we get to a place where we could stare down even death and, and stare it down with such strength? I mean, if I could get there, imagine the many ways I could be there for people right now in my life that aren't requiring such a sacrifice. If we could only get a glimpse of the truth that Dr. Martin Luther King saw, that might change everything, yes? Well, we hear that story today, transfiguration. Jesus revealed in his full glory, shining. Just like the prophet Daniel and Isaiah had envisioned for God's Messiah. This is all in Scripture. Seeing this shouldn't surprise us. Here on the mountaintop, on the mountaintop of transfiguration, Jesus steps into divine splendor and power in a way that you can't deny it. Um, His white clothing communicates the truth of his purity. Purity. 
That's a, that's a hard word to kind of define and understand. We'll know purity when we no longer think bad thoughts ever about anyone, about anything. We'll only be pure when we set our sights on God alone and our actions reflect that 100% full commitment. Jesus shone. And it also displayed that he was going to die, a martyrdom. Martyrs wear clothes of white. And from this scene on the top of this mountain in the gospel story, Jesus turns toward Jerusalem and never stops going there. To fulfill his purpose. What was his purpose? To go to Jerusalem to what? To die. To take up a cross and die. That's our Savior's story. Think about it. Our Savior is going to go get killed. It's not the way we tell Savior stories, is it? No. It's strange. This picture on a mountain is strange. Moses and Elijah somehow being there hundreds of years later Strange. And Mark just moves right on in the gospel just for us to go, what? And kind of, I think we're kind of there with the disciples, aren't we? Walking down the mountain. What? what? Which is maybe why Jesus said, don't tell anyone until after I've risen. Maybe then you'll understand. But things to know. Moses and Elijah. It just seems like they drop out of the sky. All of a sudden, they're there. Moses was taken up to a mountain when they arrived on the the edge of the promised land. And God said, here's the promised land. And Moses stood on the mountain and saw it, knowing he would never go there. And the rest of the people went. Elijah was taken up a mountain when he was in despair, and he encountered God. And then later went up another mountain with his pupil, Elisha, and was carried to heaven on a chariot of fire. Strange? Yeah. Yeah. So these two men stood on the mountain and and could look upon all that they'd done, could look upon all that was going to happen because of them. And here they stand with Jesus, who turns toward Jerusalem and sees clearly where he's headed. And he brings the disciples up, that they may catch a glimpse, even if they don't understand it yet. And we're there with them. The gospel writers give it to us because we can stand there too and look ahead and try to understand Not only where Jesus was going, but where we're going if we follow. If we follow. Um, The disciples have declared declared Jesus as the Messiah. We declare that, right? Uh, They they knew this, but then they had had trouble understanding what it meant. Um, They knew the stories of their scripture. They had read about past messiahs like David and Moses And they were thinking Jesus was the Messiah who would come and and destroy all the enemy and establish Israel's rule. It's not really how it works, is it? He's going there not to conquer, but to die. Yeah. They glimpse in the transfiguration the truth that they will need down the road. The light that will help them eventually as they look forward and look back and they remember this moment. It's like the moment of changing forever began on the Mount of Transfiguration and isn't going to end until the Mount of Golgotha when Jesus is on the cross, when Jesus gets buried, and Jesus rises again, and then they'll see. Do you see? The question that's posed here by the voice declares Jesus, this is my son, the beloved, and then a command, listen to him. Listen. How will they respond? How will the disciples respond to the death of Jesus? 
Will they allow their understanding of Messiah to overpower the truth that Jesus is trying to tell them? The voice says, listen. Do they, do they grasp it? What do you think? Which is very comforting to me because when I struggle, I can say, hey, the disciples, all right, we're right there with them. No, Jesus gets arrested, and what do they do? They run. They doubt. They deny. Jesus dies, and they're in despair. They lock themselves in a room and hide. Jesus' resurrection is told to them by the women, and they believe then, right? No, they think the women are are losing their minds. Not until they see Jesus in the flesh, that he eats, that he speaks, one of them even touches, right? Then they believe. Then they listen. Then they commit themselves fully to the kingdom, which is good because then Jesus ascends and gives it all to them and gives it all to us. Now, our gospel writers, they pass this story, all of its strangeness and its honesty and its, you know, embarrassment for Peter, talking about tabernacles and seems like Jesus just kind of forgets that he said it and goes on. Um, we get this account of the transfiguration and we can identify with what it must have been like to be up there and not know what to say. You know, open our mouths and maybe then regret what comes out of them. Um, it's what we do. His comment, Peter's comment, was the sort of thing you say when you aren't sure what to say. And I've been there. We know the good news of the kingdom of God proclaimed by Jesus. Yes? Do we know this news? We know that the kingdom of God has come near through Jesus Christ and is present today. Do we know this? All right, the Greek word has come near means it happened at one point and it continues forever. It's a perfect verb. Jesus said the kingdom has come near. It's happened and it stays with us forever. It's very clear in the Greek, maybe not so much in the English. Uh, we know that Christ will come again to establish the kingdom of God fully. Yes? No more division, hate, death, sin. We know this. Yes? We know this truth. We know Jesus Christ is Lord. Amen? Amen. We know that God is the living God of all creation. Amen? Amen? We know that the Holy Spirit is the holy breath of God within us that continues speaking truth and grace and love into our very souls until we are perfected. Amen? You're with me. Good. We know we have a Bible to continue to shape us and help us to see how to live. Amen? So the question is, knowing what we know, will we listen? Sometimes an honest answer. You're the Peter on behalf of the group. An honest answer. And I, it's... That's a start. That's the perfect starting place to admit, I know what I need to do, but I don't always do it. It's the people that say, oh, yeah, I always listen, that I think, oh, you got a ways to go. You think you have it, and that's, that's going to be hard to convince you otherwise. When you know you don't, that's when you can really work with somebody, right? Yeah. Are we willing to listen with fresh ears and fresh eyes? Will we respond like Peter? Um, we know the titles, Son of God, Messiah, Lord, Christ, Savior, etc. 
But have we considered what those words mean lately? Sometimes you hear Christ said as if it's just Jesus' last name, right? And we even joke, the Christ family, Mary and Joseph and Jesus, right? We forget what the title means, and it's good to revisit those, to, to think through those, and we're going to. We're going to get into the kingdom of God in Lent starting next week, and we're going to revisit these. Are you willing to open up and hear new, even if it's not what you expected? Um, like Peter, we like to set up tents in one place. We find comfort in where we are so that we don't have to move on. We get to the mountaintop, we think if we can just stay here, things will be good. But guess what, folks? We got to go down the mountain. We're called to go down the mountain, and we go to Jerusalem, whatever that means for us. Um, When we've grown comfortable in our faith, we tend to set up tents and and try to remain there. But we're called to go. We carry with us what we have seen and heard up to this point in our lives, but we must face the facts that our faith is going to change. Is your faith the same as it was five years ago, five months ago, five days ago? Is it going to be the same five days from now, five months from now, five years from now? Please don't try to camp where you are. That's a dead faith. Faith is living. We have not reached our death yet, right? Nope. We're still alive. That's a good thing. That means God is still calling us. If we have the breath, we have God calling us. We have not reached the fullness of the kingdom yet, have we? It's here, but we still have other kingdoms. That means Jesus is still leading us. Yes? We have not reached perfection yet, have we? Anybody reach perfection? No? Okay, that means then the Spirit is still working. So where in your life is God's voice calling you? You, I can't identify that for you. As much as I might think I can sometimes, I can't. If you aren't sure, then maybe it's time to listen a little differently. And I've got some ideas. If you aren't sure how to listen, consider this. You can read Scripture, which sounds like the church answer, right? Read Scripture. But really read it. Read it not as, oh, I know this story and, you know, just going to read something I know. Consider one sentence at a time and think about what it's saying for all the strangeness that's in there for all the wonderful, challenging, hard, difficult parts and the funny parts, because there's a lot of sense of humor in Scripture as well. But read Scripture and just sit with it. Don't try to explain it. Don't try to make it fit into your faith of five minutes ago. See if it can lead you forward to perfect you. Pray. Praying's a good thing. Praying is conversation, and hopefully it's more than one way. Uh, I like to just spend quiet time no distraction, and this doesn't happen very often. Uh, no screens, TV, phone, iPad, no. No music, no other people, no books, and no scheduling in our head of, well, I got to do this next and figure. No, just quiet time. I'll tell you really quick, you'll be confronted by yourself, and it's hard. But that's usually when God will speak up too. And you can ask God, what are you trying to say to me? And I think if you spend time in silence like Elijah did, God will respond. 
Where is Jesus leading you in your life? Do you know? Have you asked lately? That's a good place to start. Has a new opportunity presented itself? Perhaps that's Jesus calling you. Has a person been asking for your time lately? Perhaps that is Jesus leading. Have you become aware of a need? Have something been on your heart, something you wish someone would do something about? Have you been feeling a pull or tug? Maybe that's Jesus. Try it. And if not, if you're not feeling that tug, spend some time in silence and really listen. And if you do this and you still don't feel leading, then begin preparing yourself for the leading which will eventually come. Maybe you're just on a mountaintop for a moment, whatever that might mean, but you're going to be going down. So just prepare. And don't get too comfortable on the mountaintop, folks. You will be called to venture down. And if you want to see what the disciples went right into when they got down, keep reading. Where is the Spirit working in your heart? Have you asked that lately? Do you know that voice within you that's not yours? That's where my faith began. Going, who is in there? Where are you getting this stuff? And why is it so right? Why is it so hard? What are the things in your life that are not helping you become holy? What are they? And what are the things that are helping you become holy? Maybe just start giving up some of the knots for the things that are. Start there. Praise God that we are given a glimpse of the truth in our lives, on our mountaintop of faith. And we, we have work to do, but the truth of God revealed through Jesus and in the presence of the Holy Spirit, it, it tells us we're headed in the right direction, yes? And there's no better place to be. But friends, let us not only see and hear the truth revealed in our lives. Let us listen. Let us follow. And let us respond. And friends, this is my last plea. Share your stories with one another. Share your stories about what you're going through, about where God is leading you, because I tell you, the Spirit works through us for you and for you and for me. And the Spirit works through me and through you and through you for us. And together is where it really starts to happen. Because some people in here are saying, I have no idea how to tell how God might be leading me. But you know what? You're surrounded by people that some of them do. And if you heard their story, you might say, oh, oh yeah, I have that. I know what that's like. Or maybe, you know, whatever comes, comes. But let us move into confession together as we're getting ready to do and into communion together to remember our place as a body of believers and we share how many loaves? One loaf. How many cups? One cup. How many saviors? One. We are the body of Christ. So let us consider this as we move forward. Can we do that? Now let us pray. Lord, thank you. Thank you for leading us, for giving us glimpses here and there, and for giving us one another that together we have what we need. You tell us this, and you tell it to us again and again. Help us to listen. Help us to share. Help us to move forward, whatever that means for us today. And I thank you that you are already there waiting for us. You're already there in the promised land calling us forward. And together we'll get there, and that can only be done through the presence of Jesus Christ with us, who speaks through the Spirit, who leads us forward. And God, we just give you thanks and praise. Amen. Mm-hmm.